Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I am here with Matt. Matt, I am your host, Matt McLaughlin, already butchering the fucking introduction. Uh, here with a fellow, com- a fellow comrade, a fellow fan of Philadelphia sports, a man who I've, ta- I've talked to for many years about all the heartbreaks, the joys, the sorrows of Philly sports. And we're going to get into all of that today as we preview all four teams in the city i am here with the one and only mr timmy gorman timmy how are you ah uh, another day in paradise spent the of whole course. afternoon at the baby store getting ready for this kid <laughs> hey don't I don't could've... grow up <laughs> it's one word one lesson um so let's just hop right into it obviously the big discussion the big focal point of today is the eagles now we already knew this was a shitty season going into this up, this game, this past game against Washington. They had a chance to play spoiler. The, they had nothing to play for other than that was to play spoiler. Jalen Hurts struggled throughout this game, and then Doug Peterson decides to bench Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld, who eventually oh. thro- throws the game away, throws the game away, and um, gets basically gives Washington the division. Meanwhile, Giants fans are all in an uproar about that, about how Doug Peterson costed the Giants a chance at the playoffs. So Sports Center, first take, almost every sports show has been, I'm not going to say every, but almost every sports show has been saying, are the should Giants fans be upset? Oh, the poor Giants or whatever. So, Mr. Gorman, how did what were your thoughts about the Jalen Hurt, Hurts benching and the blowback from the sports media world so it's funny when uh when Sunfeld came into the game my first thought was shit Jalen Hurts is like injured that and I was like I hope it's something serious because I was I was watching the game on mute because I can't fucking listen to Collinsworth I just I can't listen to his anti-Philly rhetoric and all the stuff that he says and finds to just trash our city every every game and I don't know. Maybe that's just the Philly and me, but I, I think it. I think you can talk to anyone that's not a Philly fan, and they would agree with that. So that being said, but that was my first thought. I was like, "Oh man, he's hurt," because I was watching. I was literally watching it on mute and like listening to like a YouTube video. So I've done a friend texted me and said, "No, apparently this was his plan all along," and you know he said he was going to give Sudfeld some reps and blah blah blah. Whatever. We're five in. Five nine and one, or five four, ten and one, four whatever, eleven and four, one, four eleven and one. That's just how much I checked out. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those classic Eagle seasons. It's like 2012 or you know 2016, where it is like there was so much optimism, and then it just broke down in a flash and like you know there at least those seasons we started three and oh and four now this season it was done by the third quarter of game one it was like what is going on um and then of course they did their usual hey we're gonna pull you back into a, a little bit by almost you know getting the 500 there at one point i can't remember if they did or not i don't think they ever did make it to 500 uh 
and it was just, you know, it's just been downhill and it's just kind of been like, let the young guys cook and see what we can do. And this is, in my opinion, years of bad drafting. It's Howie throwing shit against the wall and seeing if it was going to stick. He got lucky when we won the year, we won the Super Bowl with a couple, with a couple of the picks. But outside of that, it's, you know, I think Derek Barnett's been extremely under underperforming since he's been picked with a 15 overall pick. Um, I know that people will say, well, Brandon Graham wasn't a fast starter either and it took him time to get going and it did uh and you know this and anybody that's close to me knows I used to call Brandon Graham should be Earl Thomas for the first like nine years of his career I was when he when they made that pick in 2009 I was in a room full of 12 Eagles fans a Dolphins fan and a Raiders fan and all 15 of us were so irate at what happened I say 15 because I wasn't including myself in the 12 Eagles fan. So anyone who wants to check the math there, it was just <laughs> like, we needed a safety. Dawkins was gone. We needed a safety and they took Brandon Graham and he sucked for how many years. And I don't want to say it's strictly because of that sack in the Super Bowl, because I think he played great that entire year and has since then. But that being said, I'm all for stripping the, like just, just burning it to the ground, selling people for parts and picks and and just just starting over, I was never a big fan of the Hurts picked. I think he's got a lot of developing to do, but I think if you get the right offensive coordinator, <laughs> cough Eric the enemy cough, um, <laughs> knows how to use a mobile quarterback. I, I I think he could be good. I think there's some parts, but I'm not married to anyone on this team. Uh, Rager showed some things, but I'm not in love with it. And then as far as the Giants' perspective on this, it's like, you know what? You're 6-10, and 10, guys. You don't deserve yeah. to be in the playoffs. And none of no one in this division deserves to be in the playoffs. We're, we're the dregs of the NFC. We're the dregs of the NFL. And, you know, I know a Giants fan that was calling for us to lose picks immediately. Like, really? Okay, then the Jaguars should lose their pick for playing three backups the entire year. You know, the Bengals have been playing backups ever since Joe Burrow got hurt. Uh, you know, the Redskins were playing backups and they just happened to win with it. It, it. Like that argument is the same as, oh, well, we beat this team and then this team beat the Chiefs, so we should beat the Chiefs. You know, like that, like yeah, the, the three degrees of separation argument. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, and do, do I think that it's an anti-Philly bias? If this was any other team, there wouldn't be this backlash. No, I think there would still be backlash, but I think it wouldn't be as fun as piling on to Philly as some people get out of it, especially ESPN. Um, I think that's become even more the standard since we won a Super Bowl. But then again, any fan base could say that. Any fan base could yeah. be like, they're so anti my fan base for the, or my team mm-hmm. because of this. So in summation, now that I've rambled for 10 minutes, is that sell it all. Peterson and Roseman need to go, in my opinion. That's my unprofessional, I work in logistics opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a whole other topic that I think we need to get on to answer this. Um, you know, and we will, I guess. It's it's with Hurt. Also, I'll say with Hurts, I'm okay with it as long as he makes the progression, as long as he doesn't live off the fact mm-hmm. that he beat the Saints and had a couple good games and and starts getting the big head and just decides, ah, oh, I'm good. Like he, if, as long as he's willing to, you know, put in the hours and we have the right coach guiding him, 
I'm okay with it. Everyone else, as far as I'm concerned, they're all overpaid, you know, a-holes, you know, for the performance they put in. And as far as Peterson, uh, the reason I think I need he needs to go, and I think I'm in the minority with this. I think a lot of people I've, I've approached this topic with today disagree with me, but he looks like he lost the team with that move in one, one fell swoop. Like, if you look at the body language of everyone on that team, you could tell that, in my opinion, my opinion, that it looked like they were done. Like, it's like, all right, we'll screw dog, we're out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's that's where I stand on that. You know, Giants fans, cry me a river. I really don't give a crap. You know, you would do no. the same thing to us and don't act like you yeah. want it. And congratulations. You, you, we saved you from just getting your asses handed to you by the Bucks. So it, it's – I think a fire sale is needed. I think we're not going to be able to enjoy Eagles football for a couple seasons. Uh, I don't think it's so bad as like where the Bengals or the Jaguars. Yeah. I think there's still some parts there. It's just figuring out what parts there are. Miles Sanders, I like. You know how much of a fan of Goddard I am. I think I'm one. I'm probably driving that bandwagon as much as I love Dallas Goddard and how I think he could be a top five tight end in this league, which is not a hard bar to the eclipse. But that's that. So. Um, what do you think about Wentz? Where, where, where do you stand on that? Well, first, before I go into Wentz, I agree that the Giants, Giants fans, you need to realize you were fucking six and ten. You mm-hmm. split a you split a season series with the Eagles, and you're saying this team's so bad. Well, you split with us. Whether it was Evan Ingram's bricks for hands, Daniel Jones coughing up the football, whatever you want to chalk it up to, you lost at the end of the day. And they Tom blew Brady. Like- double-digit lead to us, didn't they? They they had double-digit lead, and Daniel Jones had that fucking miraculous 80-yard run that, of course, <sighs> right. led to, yeah, that led, <laughs> that led to him stumbling in the red zone. But it's not like you're 10-6 and six and you somehow got uh, screwed out of the playoffs by, like, right. like, what you said, three degrees of separation that we won and then combined with, like, Carolina or some other team losing that you guys got screwed out. You guys – the Giants would have gotten smacked around by Tom Brady because now he actually had games to play for. And he's going into the, a wild card game for the first time. Well, not the first time, but first, second time since his last year in New England, where he threw a pick six against the Tennessee Titans as his last pass as a Patriot. That you're not going to get, you're not going to be, you're not beating that guy. No matter what, you could say your defense is decent. Daniel Jones right now is not playoff caliber quarterback. He's Eli Manning in the second half of his career, 2.0. That's it's mm-hmm. not, it's not. And with Super the Bowl. weapons, even without Evans, that team still has a plethora of weapons. I would take. Who's the rookie from Vandy? I'm the Vandy guy. I should know this. I would take Keyshawn Vaughn over any running back the Giants have now. Not obviously that doesn't include Saquon. Like the, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. one healthy, possibly the best back in the NFL. Yeah. But on their current roster, healthy, I would take Keyshawn Vaughn over any of those guys. And that's it's, saying something because he hasn't played that well, but I still think he has the talent. Yeah, and you can't comp- – like Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram, they're, they're good receivers. I'm not saying they're bad receivers, but you mean to tell me that you're going to try and compare that receiving core to fucking Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Gronk, 
I mean, that that Buccaneers team is on such a high level that it, you guys are going to get your asses handed to you. Your games were built on your wins were built on the defense bending, not breaking, and the offense just scoring enough points to be able right. to win. And that's and, not the, and what, then the other teams choking. Exactly. They, 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 like the Seahawks did not play their best game. No. They did not play their best games. And that credit to the Giants defense, but that was not a vintage. Russell, I'm going to go in there, all of you up. I don't care if I'm playing with a high school set of wide receivers. I'm just going to do it. He was. He almost looked like he was throwing that game. I don't think yeah. he was. I don't. He's. I think he's a man of high integrity. But that was <laughs> a terrible performance. So you caught them. I mean, that's what. Well, that's what happened to happen. That's any sport. You have to get lucky and catch a good team on a bad day. If you're a team like the Giants, there's no one in this division now. I will say it, and it pains me to say this as a Philly sports fan, but as an Eagles fan, more none. I think the Cowboys, on the offensive side anyway, have yeah. enough talent that they there's no reason they should be six and ten, minus the fact that Dak got hurt. But it's not like they were lighting the world on fire with Dak. No, it took an Atlanta, a classic Atlanta choke job. I don't even know who they beat before that. Before Dak, you know that horrific. Horrific injury and, you know, thoughts and prayers. That, like, I really hope Dak, Dak Prescott, he might have been the most boring interview ever on part of my take, but he seems like an all-around <laughs> decent fella. And the fact that the Cowboys paid Zeke and not him and to have that happen, that sucks. Just as an, on a human being perspective, that sucks. Yeah. And I, you know, I hope for all intents and purposes, he recovers and he comes back and he gets back to the form he was showing earlier this year because it's also better when the Cowboys are good and we're good and we're beating them when they're good. And then you I, go I head don't to like head. being two shitty teams beating each other. I want a good old fashioned classic NFC slugfest. Exactly. You know, no, so, definitely. Like even it's just ridiculous to me that the Giants fans will say, Oh, well, if we made the playoffs, then that whole changes our season and we may actually beat Tom Brady compared to Washington. It's like, no, no matter who wins this division, which turned out to be Washington, the chances of them winning against the Buccaneers are very, very minimal. Like it's not Chase Young is a great, great defensive end. He's been a great voice for that locker room. Alex Smith, give him comeback player of the year. Hell, name the trophy after him, after that incredible yeah, leg injury. After that Joe Theismann-esque, your leg. Then again, if Dak comes back, it might be, you know, I don't know which was worse. Well, I guess Alex Smith, considering he almost died on the yeah, operating I'll, table. Yeah, and it, it's been an incredible run for Washington. But but that's they're still limited on the offensive side of the ball. They don't have enough depth at the wide receiver position in order to make – a serious run and compete in a track meet with the Buccaneers and their defense is great, but I was, their linebackers are good, but there's still some question marks that secondary is decent, but they still have Ronald Darby. And as Eagles fans, we know Ronald Darby, bad Ronald Darby is. Yeah, exactly. So he hasn't been, he yeah. hasn't been good since the, wait, was he on that FSU championship team? I have no I I don't know. It feels like he's been in the league forever. That's a very good question. Yeah, I know, um, but then again, 2013 seems like it was yesterday and it was 8 years ago now, so <laughs> oh, oh god, that feel that does feel like a long time ago. Um he who was you, on who that you, Who he, are you telling? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. 
he was on that FSU national championship team, but okay, he just he hasn't been healthy and he hasn't been consistent enough, and I'm just not sold on Washington's defense holding Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to less than like 25 points because that's they're gonna put up 21 to 28 at least. And if Dude, Jalen Hurts on a bad day still put up 14 and probably should have been 21 if Doug. That's the other. so continue because that's in a whole Doug's play calling and that not just oh my god oh my god yesterday yeah, yeah. it is to me outside of the fade outside of the fade pass which Anthony Lynn finally not to jump to another team but you know like he deserved to get fired after he threw three straight fade passes to try and win a game when you have a six six quarterback they can just truck over a defender from the two-yard line. That said, outside of the fade pass, which would be perfectly timed, you need a bigger wide receiver and someone who's willing to catch in traffic. It's, it is why it's my least favorite th- pass in the game or play in the game. I will never understand why teams, outside of the fact that we had a bare-bones offensive line, but still, why teams – in the red zone, especially when you're inside the 10-yard line, will do the rollout and cut off half of their field half. and only give their receivers a minimum. You're trying to group four or five different receivers into the same quarter of the field with four to six defenders. Is there going to be open space? And then if not, the only way that you do, in my opinion, you do that, and the Browns did this yesterday, which I thought was great, where they rolled Baker out and then dra- did a simple uh, shallow drag route with Austin Hooper, and then, you know, Baker turned, stopped, and he's wide open on the other side. That is, in my opinion, the reason you do that. That or you're running a QB sneak. But then again, unprofessional, not QB sneak, sorry, a bootleg, or, you mm-hmm. know, it's an option play in college. I did, I'll just never understand it. But then again, that's why they get paid the big bucks and we don't. But regardless. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. I totally understand that. And it has it's been an issue this entire this entire season. I have looked at the Eagles games and said, why the hell are we calling that play? Why are we calling a read option on third and two against Arizona when we need a first down? Just hand the ball off to Sanders and just punch it up the gut. Like you don't have to mm-hmm. Stop trying to throw motions in on the 10-yard line. And, oh, the eye and, candy. It's just on the, the window dressing. Sorry. The, the swing passes outside like that. That play to gr- on the, the – um, was in the third quarter. It was that, like, backwards swing pass to Ward who then, like, threw to Fulgham. Like, did you – It's it's just – it's like stack – it's just – you're it, it's like stacking. It, it just makes no – like – I, I on top of it, I haven't seen a screen pass be successful since maybe Brian Westbrook ran ran it in against the the Vikings in the 2009 uh, NFC Wild Card game. Like I feel like the I feel like screen passes just don't work anymore. Um, I feel like with, with halfback screens, like Boston Scott had that huge game against yeah, the Giants. Yeah, that's what I mean. Halfback screens. Sorry, I should. You're. Thank you for correcting me there. Because the wide receiver screens do work to a degree, but yes, halfback screens. I 
I mean, I think I think the opposite. I think bubble screens are terrible to wide receivers. They don't do anything. Well, I I'm not like- the biggest fan, but I can see how they break. Is I guess is more what I should say. I've seen them actually be successful more than mm. a more than a running back screen. It's just anymore. It's a- anymore that is. No, no, no. I I get that. Um, because defensive linemen are so athletic and so quick yeah. now that they can read those screens and jump out to the halfback and almost like half a second it's they're much right. more it's incre- not leon let and warren sap although leon let warren sap especially Warren Sapp, are very athletic you're not all 390 pounders on the line yeah. it, the game has changed to the point that your linebackers and d line are even slimmer than they were before and i think it's just i think because of there's so many andy reed disciples that had gone on to coach their own teams and he was the king of the screen or at least the halfback screen anyway that I think defenses have learned to just be like, hey, like, if they're just letting you through, there's a reason for that. Stay yeah. home. I, I honestly think that's 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 the um, the narrative anymore. I would assume is what defense defensive coaches tell their players. So yeah, um, and especially yeah. especially when you have defenders like Aaron Donald, even in Donnie Sue, who's still very athletic, even mm-hmm. he's been in the league for even so long. Fletcher. Yeah, you know? Fletcher Cox, still very athletic. And Javon Hargrave, who was kind of the unsung hero of that defense this this season, he had a really good year, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and really stepped up when the defense needed him to. They're still athletic, athletic linemen who can just get out wide and just run sideline to sideline with such lateral quickness that the screen game is so dramatic. You can't, like, go back and just, like you said, Brian Westbrook in 2009 – like even back then, just ten years ago, defensive linemen were still very heavy, very just trying to plug up the middle and be run stoppers. And it's just the screens aren't as right. effective as they used to be. So it's not. I just hate. I hate like third down and ten. We need a first down. Bubble screen to fucking oh, Watkins or Greg Ward. And I'm like, you're setting them up for failure. What are you doing? Biggest. It's my biggest, especially when you have people like Alshon Jeffrey who don't want to block. Yes. It is my – no, I agree with you there. That, like, it's like – what was it, like third and seven Notre Dame game? And, like, they were already down, like, 10 nothing, or they were about to be down 14 nothing. And Ian Book decided they, – they, or Tommy Reese calls the play for Ian Book on, like, third and nine to run a, a, a bootleg – or not a bootleg because he had blockers, sorry. Um, actually, uh, the, the equivalent of a QB run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like, it's just, it's very frustrating. But at the end of the day, I think I agree that Howie Roseman has to go. He's he's missed on too many draft picks. He hasn't really done well. Like, just overall, he's made some great moves, but the draft, he's failed too many times at the draft than he succeeded for me and to say. And that's not just this this turn either. Yeah. Exactly. It's, 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 it's his overall, it's his it's, overall resume. You know, it's, it's, it's the reason that they gave chip all, all that know, what they gave him. Yeah, exactly. And I remember I was at the draft, me and a buddy of mine were at the draft when they drafted Derek Barnett and we were both looking at each other, like who the, who the fuck is this? Like why we just, I had no idea who Barnett was and I'm, you know why they took him, right? It's because he went to Tennessee and he broke Reggie White's yeah. record. Yeah. Yes. It's, it was an it was an appeal pick. 
it was a hundred percent them trying to like do the the same shit that they do once every blue moon where it's like we're gonna do like a a, a pick to kind of have you remember our glory days yeah and i as for the current roster the only players i'd really be married to are jason kelsey because he's been an iron man this entire oh see i think he's done i think i think he's done mentally with his team he I, yeah. he was the one that i think checked out the most last night he looked like he was and i i agree with you I think he's been great for the organization. He's been an Iron Man. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they showed some stat last night where he's like a hundred plus starts and in a row and stuff like that. But along with his brother, I think they're two of the biggest ass hats in the league when it comes personality wise. There's something really? about them that just irks my soul. I don't know. And granted, you know, people are gonna listen to this podcast and call me an ass hat. I am one. Whatever. <laughs> At least I admit it. You know. Yeah. I, 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 there's just something about their like where they basically think like they're the shit. And I'm just like, yeah, I guess. But at the same time, like, you're the shit because, like, you know, like, with in, in the case of his brother, you play for a team or a coach that, you know, feeds your ego. You know, the only person that gets their ego fed more than uh, Jason Kelsey with, or Travis Kelsey with Andy Reid is Taysom Hill and the Saints. Sheesh. I don't, and don't get, that doesn't mean he's not good. He's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. I think you know, hey, when you're the one that's getting every red zone target on your team for the better part of a decade, you know, it it, it will push the stats up. That's being said, he is the best tight end in the league. Yes, I, I don't think he's not. I just think that some of it a little bit inflated by the fact that he has Andy Reid and going mm-hmm. back to the Chad Lewis days. Ooh. Andy Reid was has always been a, a, a pro tight end guy, mm-hmm. which is why I would, you know, I would you would think that Doug would be the same, but I don't think Doug can coach his way out of a paper bag some days, which is sad because he seems like a good dude, but being a good dude doesn't win you Super Bowls. No, and, yeah. uh, it's why I know it seems like a double dip going and firing him just to get the enemy who replaced him, but I think that the enemy calls him better game. Even when he's on an off day, he still know how to call the right place to get him out of a sticky situation. And granted that's helped by the fact that he has, you know, Tyree kill, even though he's a scumbag and a complete POS as a human being for what we've been led to believe, you know, unless it's a media fabrication, um, I don't care what you say. If you hit a woman as a man, you're a zero in my eyes. That's just how I view life. Um, Especially when she's pregnant with your own child. That being said, he's a great football player. Travis Kelsey, as I've just said, is the, my opinion, the best tight end in the league. Edward Solaire is going to be a very good back. You have a good line, you know, and of course he has a generational quarterback who might go down as the best all time. Um, yeah. That being said, he's still got to call the right plays. Mm-hmm. So, talent alone, it helps a hell of a lot. But you still got to go out there and call the right plays. And I think the enemy is smarter than Doug. And I think, uh, I think it also helps. I, I, I don't know if there's anything to, to back this theory, 
but I think it helps when you were actually a solid player as opposed to just being a lifelong backup like Doug was. I mean, yeah, it's just a couple But Frank Reich that... also kind of disproves that. So yeah, I just put my own put on Frank, my mouth. <laughs> Frank Reich Frank going to Indianapolis was such a huge turning point for this franchise. Mm-hmm. And I think – it's very similar. I don't know what happened behind the scenes or whatever, but I think it is very similar to the way Brian Dawkins going to Denver happened, where the Eagles kind of took for granted that he would come back. And once he did leave, I think the Eagles front office was like, oh yeah, we could find an offensive coordinator and Carson Wentz will keep ascending and doing whatever. And now it just looks like Carson Wentz is broken. We'll get in, we'll get to him after my rant about this. Carson Wentz is broken. Jason Kelsey all, the offensive line, the play, all the players, at the end of the day, they're humans. And I think Jason Kelsey is emotionally drained. I think he's physically drained. Lane Johnson, the same thing. I think they're both just drained from injuries, battling back in rehab, trying to come back for this team, and it's just disappointment after disappointment. Do you I think, think Doug, Lane Johnson has ever lived up to the hype? Yes. See, I, I'm mixed. I Because I, I see it some games and other games I don't. But sorry, continue. So – uh, I think the players from that Super Bowl run are just Jeffrey. I see it in Jeffrey's plays and his body language. Uh, they're so well, he's been cooked for he's been cooked for a couple of years. He, he he's has, been cooked yes. since he that's that Saints interception. Yes, I think that was a big blow to him to his self esteem and just mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but he has not been the same player that he was the first two years or whatever he was here. So. I think at the end of the day, I'm not against stockpiling assets, but I'm not for blowing it up, trying to get as many draft picks as possible and sacrificing competitiveness because we already saw that as Philly fans with the Sixers and, and the Phillies and the Phillies and who are, who we'll, we'll get, get to, those to. jobbers later. <laughs> uh, the, I got to give credit to the Flyers front office. They've been competitive for a very long time whether they've been a wild it's the card one team, we can hang our hat on in this city. Yeah. They're consistently going to be good. It's the one franchise since I was born, we've maybe had five losing seasons and I'm 33 yeah. years old. So well, even, even the Eagles, they have only, they've only had, mm, I, I, you I don't, saw, you don't remember the nineties. <laughs> I won't. Yes. Be, I don't yeah. remember them because I was born in Oh two. Exactly. Saying, from, Let me from, tell you, it was, it was painful. We, the games used to get blacked out, Matt. The games, that's how bad we were. But oh, my even God. The, fans, the most, in my opinion, the most loyal diehard fans in the NFL didn't want to show up for us. That's how bad we were in the 90s. Oh. No, but I saw some stat. I was talking about from 2000 on. I think they've only had. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I agree with. The, they've Ever only since had. Andy, when Andy came, it changed. Yeah, yes. That's that's what I was getting at. Is that, it's not we took him for granted too. Yes. I'll admit it. We took it but it was also like just a long relationship. I've been in one of them and where you get to the <laughs> end of it and you're just like it's been a decade now. And yeah. we've done the whole fight, get back together, she get back together. Like you know what I mean? Like it's like it just with Andy, it was just like like you're saying with Kelsey and them. It was just emotionally we were spent. It's like there's nothing else we can do to spice this relationship back up. Like we're never going to get back to how it was that that honeymoon phase. And 
in the sense of football, it's it was he was never. I think he his mo- he was just never going to get his mojo back. He was never yeah. going to get. And then you know, with the Chiefs, you see what happens when he has real players. Like he tried for so many years to find his version of Tyree Kill in this city, and just tried and tried. You know, red the Reggie Browns the. Uh, uh, he's the other stiff from UNC that couldn't catch. Uh, I can't even think of his name now. That's how long ago it was. And then it was the Todd Pinks. That he tried so hard for so many years to find his version of Kelsey and Tyree Kill in this in this city. And it was just always someone who wasn't fit. And I think the closest he did ever get was Deshaun and, yeah. and Macklin. But Deshaun couldn't stay healthy. And then once Macklin tore his ACL, he couldn't either. Well, even, I think if Macklin never tears that ACL, he's a much better career. Yes, I would totally agree with that. Underrated and, Eagle. Underrated Eagle in the last 20 years. I love yes. Jerry Macklin. I thought he was I, so good. I remember Deshaun, like Deshaun Jackson, like in the early days where he would just be tearing apart defenses and even Macklin just, just absolutely exploding for long gains. That, that run with Vic. 2010. That run, that like seven game stretch where that offense, like when they absolutely obliterate it, yeah, you know the R words on Monday Night Football. <laughs> the formerly, the formerly R words. Now it's the Washington Football Team. Talk about ass hats. The fact that that man's allowed to own a football team, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he did have Brent Selleck for a long period, for a considerable yeah. long period of time, and like I said, Chad Lewis too. Chad Lewis was yeah. a solid tight end for a couple of years there but travis kelsey already has his name oh. in the record books it's he's a hall of famer yeah you know and i love brent Selleck for what he was just like i loved earth for what he was but i think i'm kind of over earth too earth has given a lot to the city and i tip my but hat that also to him. comes from my love for dallas goddard so <laughs> <laughs> i i tip my hat to zach Ertz. yes he, he has been in some of the most memorable Eagles games in the past decade. Obviously, Made with some that whole huge Super Bowl catches. Run. Obviously, help us win a Super Bowl. Yes, but this season, his body language has not looked positive. It seems like he's, he's too checked busy. out too. It's not even so much he's checked out. He's so frustrated and like he's resorted to flailing and trying to get interference calls rather mm-hmm. than just fighting through contact and trying to make the catch whether that's aging and he's trying to just draw more penalties so that, cause he doesn't well, I think have he sees strength. the writing on the wall. I, I think he thinks Goddard is, is taking his job. And Goddard, when Goddard's healthy, he's my thing. My, I have a Zach Ertz Jersey. I love it to death, but the one thing that killed that guy or not killed him, but like one thing no that yak. always stuck it. Stu- yes. Yes. No yards after the catch. This motherfucker would turn the corner, take two steps at most and go down. I wonder if that's a name that other 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 fan bases know. That's what we gave him. I wonder if other people know that he's known as Noyak Zach. Uh, he's got a beautiful wife. He's <laughs> the better athlete in the family. I mean, she's won uh, two World Cups. She's won that's two true. World Cups. Yeah. No. Yeah. But it's just, I love him and respect him for everything that he's done. But this season, you have to admit, you have to be willing to admit that you weren't. It seemed like he he wasn't always engaged, and 
it, you just didn't resort. You weren't the same guy fighting through contact, just move the sticks and then keep moving. Like run a 10 yard curl route, come back in, boom. Okay. Let me just get the first down. You didn't do that. You were just, there were multiple games where I was just, he was just flailing his arms and fighting lazy, with lazy backs. routes, lazy routes, short yeah. the sticks, just, and maybe that's the injury. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, so, um, all right. So let's, Carson. let's move on to Carson Wentz. Let's move on to Carson Wentz. Yeah. Just to wrap up the Eagles a little bit. So obviously he's Chris Mortensen, great reporter for ESPN reported that he will still continue to, uh, request a trade for this off season to get out of Philly. Yeah. That dropped uh, yesterday. Right. It was like, yeah. Halfway through the first round of games. I think it was in the morning. Oh, was it that early? I don't know. I, I, I had a migraine, so I slept in yesterday. <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to I'm trying to just enjoy every like ounce of like not having a kid that I can like in truck. I'm obviously I'm through the through the fucking roof. Like, you know, it's like I can't wait for the kid to get here, but I know that once it sleep, is here, it's it's over. Sleep, sleep is gonna die by Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know, I can go without sleep, man. And I'm a you know, I'm a night owl, you know that. Like it's been that <laughs> way for years now. Um that was when you mess up your serotonin levels and you can't sleep anyway. They, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm ecstatic, but it's just like, yeah, I, and that, and it's, and I hate to say it because I don't want it to be this way. Cause I still love sports and especially football, but Notre Dame losing on Friday, just, you know, put me in a damper. Like I, you know, it was just, even though I knew it was coming, it was just more the game called the game plan. And the fact that, I just don't think we're ever getting over the hump with Brian Kelly unless they loosen their emission standards. That being said, um, yeah, what a shocker. An Irish Catholic kid is a fan of Notre Dame. My dad and three <laughs> uncles went there. So there, uh, that be that, that's uh, that tangent, uh, um, with like, I just, I, I don't know. I think with that, cause his fantasy football was done. I just didn't have the M cause we suck. I was yeah. like, and we were playing on Sunday night. I was like, I don't, and there was no like real game outside of the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, you know, I was like, oh, I got a migraine. I'm just going to sleep until two o'clock in the afternoon. Mary was well, working. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyway, so. Carson Wentz is pretty much gone at this point. I, I tried, I will admit, I tried defending that guy for three years. For three years, ever since that Super really ever since he got drafted, I tried to defend him year after year after year. And outside of I, 2017, much, it became harder and harder. It not even that, because 2017, they do not Nick Foles from game one to game 16, you oh, do not absolutely. finish 14 and two. That that, that was, yeah, it was Carson. No, I agree yeah, with you. Yeah. No, I was just that was always my defense because I would countless Christmas Eves where I would forget fight that. about this. People yeah. forget that. Yeah. So, but when 2018 rolled around and injury bug hits again, Carson's struggling. It's like, okay, he's not getting his weapons. He had he had that incredible throw to Miles Sanders in the back of the end zone towards the end of the no, season. No, 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 no. Wait. Yeah. When was it? When was this? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, wasn't that twenty eighteen and nineteen? Well, well, what game are we talking about? Remember that game against Washington? It was like the end of the season. Or it might have been last. Yeah, season. that was Greg Ward. 
No, remember there was that bullet. There was that bullet where Sanders caught it in the back of the end zone and then sat. He like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, sorry, yes, you're correct. Yeah, yeah I thought he, you were talking yeah. about the game winning touchdown, the Ward. No, 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 no. Yes. Well, he had that throw too. I was going to talk about that throw, but he had that throw, to, that lob pass to Ward that was incredible. So you, you're seeing those signs, of gl- those glimpses of the same guy that we saw the in 2017. That, that play against Carolina in 2017 where he ducked, like, yeah. to, you know, to evade the sack. It, yeah. You know, like, that play will live on the live – like, that just – like, I remember being at the bar watching that um, and just being, like, you know, the whole bar, just the mouth to the floor, like like that Jalen Suggs pass on, on Saturday night. <laughs> well, anyway – there was always those glimpses, and I thought, okay, if this once again, we're going to run it back. Everyone gets healthy. We're going to get going. We're going to start hitting the ground running. Mm-hmm. And then Diller goes down. Brandon Brooks goes down. Uh, that first, the first, the first quarter of the first game, how good did he look? Whole offense, zipping it around, up and down the field, just boom, 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 boom. And it's like, yeah, he's back. This is 2017 yes. Carson fell apart it, it just crumbled off- it just crumbled like an unbaked cookie it, it, it was it, watching it, like that's that's the like conf- like i had him as my fantasy quarterback to start and i'm like, do like it. dude i was just like jumping through the roof i'm like oh my god yeah i, I made the like i was just so happy and then he just you know just fell apart and it was like Game after game, it was, he's making it was, these reads and just throwing these passes, and you're like, "What is?" And then he like the thing that the thing that irked me with it the most is like he just looked no so nonchalant after he throw an interception. Like yeah. he would undo his trap, his like his, his you know his he would undo the um, chin strap. Thank you, God. Could not think of that word. Um, <laughs> the chin strap. Like be like, howdy, howdy, oh, like, and it's like, like, the game, like, what are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. like, you have to have more heart here. No, I totally agree with that. And it was just, it just became harder and harder to defend them. And, uh, I don't know. So, so where, where do we think, where do we think he's going to end up? Because, Indy, I, in my opinion, Pittsburgh and Indy, Indianapolis Indy is the only team that will. Uh, I don't think Pittsburgh is fully over. I don't think the Roonies want to do Ben that dirty. I don't think they want to do. I it think dirty it was a all. great idea by you. I think that was a very phenomenal opinion because they definitely need to move on from. And they had because they if they had a comp. That's not to take away from Ben either. Like let me yeah. say that. Yeah. I don't want people to be like those care like no. I get it, man. Ben was great. That throw to San Antonio Holmes to win that Super Bowl. It's one of the greatest Super Bowl plays in history. It's an unreal throw. People don't people are just like they like that's that's the shit that gets glossed over that I hate where it's just like you don't understand how hard like not not to go back to it again, but like that Jalen Suggs pass on Saturday for Gonzaga. The 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 to throw a full court length bounce pass mid-stride and put the backspin on it so it evades a defender and perfectly hits your guy to all he has to do is stick his hands down, catch it, and then go up for the layup. The, the technical ability of that is unreal. And that's 
Big Ben throw to San Antonio, that's the equivalent. It was – But it, still. The, the clock is clearly ticking on Roethlisberger, and he's admitted that where he – it seems like the last three years, two or three years, where he's said, oh, yeah, this may be the last year, blah, 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 blah. I'm still considering it, and we Did saw that this – for 5K like three, two, three years ago? Yeah, he was incredible, but there were still those questions. And, and then the, this year, the injury. Yeah, the elbow injury. Now he's now the Steelers like totally revamped the offense. So he's getting the ball out of his hands quicker, uh, more dink and dunk passes and trying to get the ball out in space to like Juju or Deontay Johnson or any other playmakers. So I think it would make sense for hey, Pittsburgh. You missed one. Oh, yeah. No. Fuck that guy. Fuck Chase Claypool. <laughs> He's their best wide receiver right now. I don't give a shit. Get the – okay, I, like- I, I sound like an old, old man. I do, but get the fuck off of TikTok. I don't – I just hate TikTok in general, and That's I don't Juju. want it. Juju and Chase. Both of them do it. I'm not on TikTok, so I don't know. I'm old. I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> so- exactly. You didn't grow up in this generation, but – um. Thank God. No offense, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't blame you, but I just, uh, I shouldn't say fuck Chase Claypool. I take that back, but it's just, yes, he's a very good he's wide good. receiver. They have all those weapons, whatever, but the clock is clearly taking on Roethlisberger. And mm-hmm. I'd rather, if I'm the Steelers, I'm thinking we could potentially have, because Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs, they're decent quarterbacks by themselves. They had is Josh Dobbs still on that roster? I thought it was dumb. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he got like helicoptered in the their the game in the Cleveland game. They used him on like a, a option play or something. He's the third stringer, and I think at this point you you need to start looking at successors, and you're not going to get a high enough draft pick. They should have been looking it. at successors three years ago. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think it's necessarily you're doing Ben dirty, but you got to sit down mm-hmm. with Ben. Tomlin's got to sit down with Ben and say, hey, this isn't to say you're immediately out. We're just looking at the long-term future, and we want to stay as competitive as possible. And whether they – you just got to hope that Ben doesn't take the Brett Favre angle with it. Yeah, and go to rival teams or just go to other teams in general. Or, but- or necess- I think the bigger thing is the reason you do that is you say – you're not done, but we need to find your, your replacement, but we want you to bring him along and you have to hope that he's willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And, but on like Brett Favre wasn't like, then again, great a football player he is for all intents and purposes. And I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is a huge dick too, but you know, all he's ever said is that. is that Brett Favre just like cold shouldered them from the start just never gave him the time of day I so watching Pat McAfee's his interviews with Pat McAfee I'm I will root for Aaron Rodgers this postseason if I had to pick a team um oh yeah I don't mind I don't mind the Packers I'm, I'm I'm okay with that I don't know he just comes off as kind of you know what makes him more humanizing is their state farm commercials but they make yeah. Chris Paul humanizing and I feel like he's probably a <laughs> Whatever. Well, anyway, that's a great transition. That's a great transition. Let's wrap up that thought and just go. We'll go to NBA. Well, here, wait, real quick. Two minutes. My thing with Carson is we can't forget about the line. It was so half in shambles, but Mm -hmm. here's where I stand on it. Because I thought we were going to have him for years. I was like, this is great. This guy's, he seems like a good guy. 
and, and, you know, like I said, I understand being a good guy doesn't win you championships, but I still like to have a morality about it. Like, I don't want to be rooting for scumbags like Tyreek Hill or Greg yeah. Hardy or, you know, whatever. Kansas City fans murder me. I don't – whatever. You, you're, you're, your wide receiver's a scumbag. He hit a pregnant woman. That's it. Anyway, it's, this is my best analogy I can give to you. It's like being cheated on, essentially. Yeah. At this point, it, it, as much as you want to say, hey, I want to go back to you, I don't blame him for being like, I want out. Yeah. It's like finding out you've been cheated on. And it sucks because you want to be like, you know what? I still love you. I want to give you a second chance. Deep down, you're like, but I can't because you cheated on me. Like, <laughs> you you no. thought it would be a good idea to sleep with that guy or that girl, you know, <laughs> whatever situation it is. Not to single it out and make it like the woman, you know. Anyway. Whatever. Yeah. So for him, I, I understand it. Because three years ago, we thought we had our own version of Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre or Tom Brady or whatever. No, I'm a, aggregators are out there. I'm not saying that he was that. I'm just saying we thought he could get to that level, to a level. This show, the show isn't big enough to have aggregators, and if it is, I'm in a good spot. But uh, <laughs> but so yeah, it sucks. I just hope we get the right package for him. He's gone, unfortunately, and. If not, then I hope we get something for Jalen Hurts. Either way, whoever comes back, that they can perform at a high level and that it's only like one year that we are mediocre and we can get back to the playoffs mm. by 2023 or 20 to the 2022 season. Um, that said, I also, and I'll end on this, is that people don't realize how long it takes to get over a concussion if you've never had one. People, they, they, don't, they don't understand it. We're about to be interrupted by a little kid. Uh, people don't people don't understand it. I've had seven of them, seven Matt, and I will tell you some of them were a lot worse than the others to the point that I fell asleep standing up in a shower multiple times after one one that was so bad. I'm surprised I didn't split my head open when I fell. That said, I think from that hit last year that he should have been fined and suspended for Javion Clowney. Mm-hmm. It's still ringing his bell, and it's affecting his play. Yeah. So, I wish Carson nothing but the best if he leaves. I hope he succeeds because I think he's a good dude. But, you know, like you said, let's move on to the NBA because I could go on for hours about yeah. all the things that were wrong with this organization this year. <laughs> so, Philadelphia 76ers hopping out uh, really hot hot start to the season. 5-1 record out of the gate. Ignore that Cleveland game. <laughs> exactly we're just gonna bypass that um so for me my question to you is just to think i'm gonna take this one first is this team for real i think they are i think the body language this team looks more inspired than it did last year ben simmons looks determined he looks aggressive Joel Embiid looks hungry in the post he's he's shooting very efficiently he's leading this team with 25 points a game seth curry has been a fantastic addition to this team He's been mm-hmm. splashing from all over the floor, making extra passes, making direct assists. Yeah, he's I doing think everything. He's played that... some solid defense too. Exactly, Danny Green. I think he's doing more things that don't show up in the stat sheet than people will know just by going you to the box to, score. Right. You need to watch the game to appreciate what Danny Green does at this age. Exactly. My biggest concern is Tobias Harris moving forward because 
Tobias has exploded on some games and then other games he hasn't. Now, granted, that could be Joel's having a good night, just keep feeding him. But I think I like what I'm seeing from this team so far, and I love how Doc's handling this this team and firing them up even on shitty games where, like, they're playing Charlotte tonight. We're recording this on Monday. They're playing Charlotte tonight, and I think that's a game where Doc's saying – don't don't take your foot off the gas pedal. Let's keep let's keep firing them up. Let's shut down Lamelo Ball. Let's put all the talk behind us. Especially now this week, they have, I believe they have Denver and Brooklyn this week, which are two huge games. They those are going to be the real litmus tests for this team. So that being said, how do you what do you see from this team? Do you think they're for real and could keep up? Not so much a five and one pace, but do you think that they could definitely solidify themselves as top three seed in the East? So, a couple things. First, I hope that Kyrie and Katie are playing for that Brooklyn game. I hope it's not a rest game for them, depending on their schedule, because I would be a, that's a very good early season game. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, obviously, like you said, five and one pace. Yeah, like you know, we're gonna you know we're gonna lose some games here, but I like it. I, I think we we talked about it multiple times. Um, I, it looks like Doc might be the Tobias whisperer because, mm-hmm. you know, he was his coach in L.A. And, um, you know, he's had good stops everywhere. But I agree with you. I think, like I said to you at the start of the opening night, those two charge calls that he got nailed with, the one was, was total bullshit. The second one was a charge, but the sec- first one was not. It took him out of his rhythm, and you could tell it shell-shocked him. That said, he, I think he's looked a lot more aggressive. I think mm-hmm. he's looked more like L.A. Clippers Tobias than the versions we've seen. But most importantly, the biggest takeaway is this is what happens when you have a fucking competent coach. Yes. Like, yes. this is – all those people out there, and I know you, I know a few of you, that were like, <laughs> Brett Brown's good. Oh, look at his all out-of-bounds plays. Look at his – his set play. Fuck that. All right? Brett Brown might be cool. He might be a good guy accent is terrible apparently we have accents and we don't know it and people hate our accents but whatever sure he's a good guy but how can you work under greg popovich for as many years as he did be that terrible at coaching and player so development this, player development so this right there just shows you what a competent coach can do for you mm-hmm. my concerns obviously it's always going to be joe and his health Great to see Ben shoot a three and drain it the other day. I would still like to see him take a couple more. Even if he misses it, it's just just the idea to get into his head, the confidence to just go up there and pull the trigger. That's what I'm more. But I have liked his aggression. He looks like he's trying to break the assist record and also win defensive player of the year at the same time, which, screw it. If we can get enough scoring from the other end, I'm fine with that. Um. Their biggest worry, Bible. He seems to be getting frozen out, and it's early, six games in. Mm-hmm. But I, it, it worries me that he doesn't seem to have enough of a uh, rotation, n- enough of playtime in the rotation as he did last year, and that that's a concern because I'm a big Matisse fan. I, I think he brings a lot. I think he could learn a lot from Danny Green. 
I think he's a more athletic Danny Green. I mean, I've been watching Danny Green since his UNC days because we're both UNC fans. Um, and I think he could, but that that that's a little concerning. That maybe you know Doc's just still trying to figure out the rotations, which should be true. Um, my positives, as I've said, Joe Joe's look good. Ben's been aggressive. Uh, I'm a fan of Tyrese Maxey. I really am. Uh, I agree with you on the additions. I think Danny's contributing in ways that don't go in the stat sheet. I think Seth Curry's been a phenomenal addition so far. Um, like I said, like we've said, six games. Uh, Dwight has surprised me. Surprised Dwight me Howard so has been amazing. Because I was so worried about that. I was so, 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 so worried about that. And uh, I don't know if a year with LeBron just straightened him out or if what, but uh, I, he, he, he's like, he almost, he seems like the energy guy, doesn't he? He, he, he seems yeah. like he's the hype man for this team. Like he's like the, like if they, on the camera views, you see him and he's like the guy that just like up waving the towel, like doing like, just like jumping, like, you know, dancing on the sideline. And I like that. I like that. So I wonder if he's finally accepted his role in the NBA. And I hope it sticks because I like it's it's cool to see him happy again. It's cool to yeah. see like funny Dwight, like he was in his early Orlando days. Mm-hmm. I just hope that something doesn't change. I hope this is like he he understands like, hey, if I can just come and be a positive influence for these guys, that's what matters. I don't think it was so that, much the, the year with LeBron, I think it was that that in-between time where he was bouncing around the league with Brooklyn. He was on, like, shitty team after shitty yeah. team. Yeah, like, he got traded to Memphis, but Memphis just cut him. Like, I mm-hmm. think – Didn't the next right after, do the same thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think after the, the experiment with Harden failed in Houston, then he gets a big payday from Atlanta, I believe. I think after he got cut or traded from Atlanta to Charlotte or whatever it was, I think that was the starting point where he changed that mindset of uh, let me figure out what I do best. And what he does best is being the energy guy, being the positive influence, like you mentioned, especially in the locker room. And now that he's won a, he's won a championship and actually had a very big role on that Lakers team, right. he, knows, he knows what it takes to win now. And he sees – not everything, but he sees a little bit of himself in Joel Embiid as the guy, the dominant big man who's on the rise and can really be a franchise cornerstone. I think he's he's trying to mentor Joel and just say, "Listen, this is your best chance to win. Don't don't fuck up like I did and be being like try and get the coach fired or do some other shit, whatever. Like, just stick, be loyal to the be loyal to this team because Doc and this front office will give you the best chance to win." especially now that Daryl Morey's in there and we've already made moves for, we already brought in uh, his addition, which was uh, fucking Seth Curry and Danny Green. They Daryl Morey brought in and then they drafted Maxie, who you mentioned. He reminds me of a really young Lou Williams who can really just drive to the paint and go get a bucket. If you really I hope he plays more defense in the (laughs) that Well, yeah, we're both hoping for that. I also completely agree with the energy guy statement. That was the word I should have been looking for. Yeah. So I think 
they're so there are a lot of positives from this team. I would like to see uh, Isaiah Joe get more playing time if he has gotten any. I don't know what his status is on this team. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know either. I, he's just got a bunch of it, DNPs and yeah. I think at this point it's sort of it. Well, it's not sort of, but it is the Matisse situation where there's just our rotation is just so good that he just can't find the minutes right now. And I think with the Matisse situation. Furcon yeah, but Garnett at, even said it himself is you need at least you need a nine nine deep team. He yeah. went on Simmons podcast last year. Not to steal content. I'm just saying, <laughs> I remember him saying as long as as long as you credit the source, and again, this isn't a big enough show to get like, <laughs> ah, you're 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 not quoting sources like this. No. Um, I remember listening to him when he had Garnett on around like last fall, and they were talking about the Celtics. He's like, oh, I thought you guys were one guy short in 2010. Like, you know, you know, I think you guys need you need eight. And Garnett said, no, you need nine. You're always gonna have to account for an injury or two. Yeah. And he goes, if you have nine, you'll always be covered for your starters and those two big guys off the bench, plus your two additional guys. And some roundabout way, he said it. And I and I was like, you know what? That actually makes a lot of point. So that's where, like I said, I, I was saying, I, th- I think maybe Doc's is still trying to figure out the rotation, and, and yeah. it's early. So I, I you know, that, that that's it. But I can't, cannot stress it enough how important it is to have a fucking competent coach in this league. Brett Brown was such a disaster. Like I have people tell me that, like, oh yeah, Brent Brown was bad, but at the end of the day, the players got to execute or whatever. Just like no. What Joel, were they executing? Yeah, they, they weren't they, executing shit. There was no, weren't, his X's and O's were terrible. His X's oh and O's God, were terrible. Offense. His X's and O's were terrible. And um, an ESPN report came out like when he was fired initially. It was like he avoided confrontation. He didn't like that in the locker room. And then they bring in Jimmy Butler, who's the most confrontational player in the entire league. And it's just like, it's you can't. He wakes up mad at his own pillow. For not giving him a good night's <laughs> sleep. Like, great player. And he's made himself from, like, what he became from and all that, you know. Even, like, even like from, like, wasn't he at a community college? And then he got to Marquette. And, like, yeah, you know, I, I remember watching him at Marquette. Uh, um, I remember seeing him against Villanova. And dude, there's this, uh, I, this is the funniest game. Like, I got free tickets from a buddy who, whose dad is a Nova grad. So we're there, and it's like a Saturday afternoon game. And this is back before Jay Wright literally took him over. Um, yeah. It's just, and, and the one this thing. Old Villanova guy just being like, you're a bum, 32, <laughs> cut your hair. Like, like, just typical, like, old school, like, villain like like old philly dude like he doesn't understand that like it's normal for like a guy to ha- like a guy to have long hair whether it's dreads or like you know a white guy having like a long ponytail he's like you're 32 you're a bum like you know, dude, all game it was the funniest thing in the world to me and then like drake Cr- i think jay crowder hung like 27 on them and like they won of course of course this is his back before jay wright fully turned them into like the dominant force they are now Oh, yeah. And um, with Jimmy Butler, one thing that really, like, when the reports came out that 
he wanted a bigger part in the offense. He wanted the ball in his hands more, be the closer, whatever. I was like, okay, that's understandable. I can understand as a player, you're saying I I need to be the I need the ball more because I don't have the best outside shot. But when he went on JJ Reddick's podcast and said, um, I'm not direct quoting here. And again, the show I know, big it, was, it was very telling. I know exactly what you're going to say. It, it was but very he, he was saying, he was saying like, yeah, Brent switched the offense more to me. If I'm Ben, I'm pissed at that. I don't know why Brent did that. And I was like, dude, you complain. And mm-hmm. Brent's trying for once, it wasn't Brett Brown's fault. He was trying to keep you happy so that the front office could potentially resign you and then run That's it why back. That's why I never liked to trade to begin with. I get that it got us the closest it did to the third round the, in a while. But the day they made that trade, I remember being at like a Flyers game and just being like, I don't like this. I don't, I don't, he's going to, he's going to corrupt. And I think he divided that locker room more than he helped it. I don't know. I mean, you're not completely wrong, wrong. but uh, I, I just, um, but he he was good when he was here. I just, I don't know. No offense, but I'd love to have Dario back. (laughs) Like, you know, I've seen too I saw Isaiah Thomas roast Dario when Isaiah Thomas was like Boston Isaiah. I saw him just blow by Dario on like countless, like crucial possessions. That was like, in the wrong position in my opinion but no I, I i think dario was always dario rested on his laurels too i don't think he ever wanted to improve beyond dario was also made for like the late 90s early 2000s nba he, <laughs> he does look sucks. like that kind of stretch for yeah him. like he's 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 like tony kukoc light yeah, um, exactly. Also, you know, anybody who's never done it, as I've recommended to Matt multiple times, you should check out that uh, Once Brothers 30 for 30 about the Yugoslavian basketball team and all that those guys went through with Drazen Petrovic because I think it's it's a great uh, intersection of history that not a lot of people know about and also mm-hmm. basketball knowledge. Um, but no, back to the Sixers. Uh, before I go on a tangent with that, uh, it's good. It's a good start. It, it's we're five and one. Um, it's going to be a chaotic season. Seventy-two games scrunched together yeah. over. Well, broken up in two halves. Remember, because oh, this yeah. is just the this is just the front half of the schedule. What is it? Like a tournament? Are they having a tournament too, or no? They're doing a play. They're doing a play-in tournament now. Right, where... but are they doing that mid-season one too, or no? No, I don't think so. I think it's just. Okay. Front half, they get to the all-star break, and then it's like, okay, here's the second half of the schedule, and then the play-in tournament for the playoffs. Right, which is a lot of clustering. and, um, But, yeah, I already like the thing with Doc. Uh, it's just better I, I, without I, I, Brent Brown, and Brent Brown was a bigger factor yeah. than people realize. I, 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 yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like not to go back to a girlfriend analogy, but it's like – if someone's with a girl that's just so toxic, like whether she's just a like mega bitch or just like constantly complaining about something or just like makes you feel like you're inadequate and you break up with her and then you just meet a nice girl who is just like willing to be like, well, where do you want to go to there tonight? <laughs> it's like, it's the world, man. It's the world. It's like, oh my God, wait, my opinion matters. 
Like, oh, oh. That's that's how it is with Brett right now, or with with Doc. It's like it's just nice to like to uh, to to know that you're gonna watch a game and be like, I trust that they're gonna do the right things. The passing has been pretty what pretty uh, pretty highly. It's been highly executed. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words there. Um, they're definitely like I said, making the I would like passes. to see. I would like to see Ben. Yeah, some there's been some plays that have been beautiful. I'd love to see Ben shoot more, as I stated. Um, you know, I think it's still early, but he's still trying to figure out his rotation. But that's fine. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's. Um, I want to see how Tyrese Maxey develops. I want to see if Thibel can add some more to his game outside of just being like a really good defensive player who occasionally hits a three. Because it's in there, like it's it's right there. Like, what was that? Didn't he drop one he game last year? He should be following Danny Green's every step. He like he legit should be just be like Danny. What do I need to do to be successful in this league? Um, and like we said, like let's just hope that Dwight Howard doesn't go full on nutso. And I don't think know, he will at this point. In yeah, his career. He, I've been he very, knows his- I've been very pleasantly surprised with his energy, as you said. Um, it's been a, it's been a good addition. He's been a good, you know, actually looked solid too in that game that was, you know, complete blowout, but Tony Bradley even looked solid. Like, just like, as like a, like an 11th man off the bench. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. to plug him in on the night you need to rest Joel. Like he looked confident. Like, you know, he had some good defensive plays and, and uh, you know, what's funny is like, I don't remember much from him because he was on our, on the last, not our, but on the last UNC um, championship team, wasn't he? He was like the seventh, seventh man, I think. Yeah, sounds right. And I, so but... I, I completely forgot about him. You know, it's another name someone threw at me the other day that I forgot. J.P. Tokido. Remember oh him? Oh, my gosh. Right? I forgot about that name. Sixers drafted him, too. He was Did on they actually? The, the shit show squads, yeah. Oh my! He was remember how he was supposed to be like his big thing, and he just like couldn't dribble or shoot for shit. And no, I remember, I remember. I was like, how? I remember that. That was what. That's a name I haven't heard in a minute. I know, that's... right? There's a lot of them. Cole <laughs> Anthony looked good the other day. This hey, we're not we're not promoting. I don't want to talk about Orlando because Markel Fultz is actually like hooping and balling. Yeah, but he needed to get out of Philly, he, man. You know he that. He did. He did need it. It's I just like, it's just like, and here's the thing: like, there was a part of me at one point that was like, God damn it, we could have had Jason Tatum. And now I'm just kind of like, Jason Tatum would be. He's a good player. He's a good player. He, just, he wouldn't be the suit. The he wouldn't be the superstar that There's he is. No right way now. he would. He has such an ego, like. He would never want to. He would never want to be like third banana. Not even a third banana, but like a a, a co a co star. He would mm-hmm. never want to be like okay. Well, Joe's going to get this one, and Ben's going to drive this one, and then I'll like he he won it, so he is perfect up there. You know what? Boston can have him. I think Jalen Brown, in my opinion, is the better team player, not more talented. But he's the better mm. team player. Mm. Um, but yeah, right now the Sixers are the biggest, you know, 
thing to keep me forget thinking about the Eagles. <laughs> you know, they're good. It's it, it's been a good start. I'd like to see if we we do need one more piece. I wonder if we do. What that piece is, I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm still very happy with how it started, minus that Cleveland game. Cleveland game gives me a little pause because it's like, hey, was it just because it was a back-to-back and we went from New York to Cleveland and traveling isn't as easy as it used to be? Like, and I say that only in the COVID restriction yeah. because yeah, of yeah. All, the, all the bullshit you got to go through. And it's not bullshit when you're saving lives. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know. No, it's Obviously, it's a lot. I see that it's a lot. Firsthand. It's a lot longer. It's a lot longer yes. safety measures than typical. Than there's so much stuff you have to COVID. do, as opposed especially to late just, at night. Late at night, you're coming out of New yeah. York. As, most, as, as opposed to just playing the game, showering, maybe going to a club. Now it's that game, getting in hazmat suits, <laughs> like you know, like making sure the plane or the bus that you're getting on has been like, you know, doused in bleach and all the other chemical disinfectants. And it's just like, and Hey, it's better that way. Keep them safe. Keep everyone safe. Like, you know, not to, uh, to get like that, but it's just like, we want to yeah. make sure that we're, you know, we want to be back in the arenas. We want to see our teams play. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that people won't just die because they went out and breathed without a mask on. All right, well, for me, the Sixers, I already said it, their defense is looking really good. They're climbing back into games. They're winning ugly. And I can't be happier with the start. They're like, holding obviously, leads, too. They're holding, they're holding leads. leads. They're holding leads. Which is that a clear- big thing. Yes. It wasn't, there wasn't a chance of, oh, is Brent Brown going to fuck this up, whatever. Are they going to blow that 20-point lead, which they were notorious for doing? Yes, of Ergo, course. go 2018 playoffs versus the Celtics. Ugh. Don't even, ugh. But... Anyway, that wraps up part one of our Philly misery. We will be covering the Flyers and the Phillies later on, so stay tuned for that episode. I hope everyone enjoys this. We'll be happy to rant about Philly and how terrible it is right now outside of the Flyers. Newsflash, I'm not going to be kind to the Phillies. (laughs) Of course. So thank you very much, everyone. Stay tuned, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms as well as podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, Your subscription and follows mean just as much as you actually playing the episode. Uh, Thanks again for listening um, and I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day and hopefully you enjoyed this one. So...